0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about a topic that I tried to make into a post, but I had a really hard time fitting it into a 10 slide carousel. So, here is a 20 plus minute podcast on it. And so, in this podcast, we are going to talk about what to look for in a coach, the difference between coaching and therapy, what to avoid in a coach. And some actionable tips to help you find the right coaching fit. And this is also going to be really helpful for coaches. So if you are a coach listening to this podcast, you may get some really helpful insights here of things that you can do to help your current clients or even help your potential of gaining new clients. And this is a really important concept for me because I've been in the coaching industry since 2016. And I call myself a coach now, but back then when I first started, I gave lots of advice. I gave suggestions, I tried to problem solve, but I didn't realize that in trying to solve my clients' problems for them, I wasn't truly able to understand what was beneath a lot of those problems and I wasn't helping them become their own problem solvers. And so here's a story from when I was a brand new coach. I had a client who was struggling with snacking. So during the week she was very strict with her eating but she really loved a gin and tonic and she loved some little snackies along with a gin and tonic. But when she, she found that when she started she really struggled to stop. It felt like the floodgates opened and she just couldn't stop eating the chips or the nuts or whatever it is. And so the advice that I gave her was to try portioning out snacks. Try keeping them farther away from her when she was in social situations. Try, you know, keeping them at home so she didn't feel they were only a special weekend thing. And now I would approach this very differently. We may still end up at similar conclusions, but I would ask her to tell me more about that experience. I would seek to understand why it felt hard for her to stop and what skills she needed to develop in order to feel comfortable saying, hey, I've had enough or no thanks, I don't want anymore. And so instead of telling this client what to do, I would try to understand her side of the struggle better, what her thoughts are like, how she's feeling in these situations. And I would help her come up with some skills to work on that could help her feel less out of control around snacks. And so I truly believe that I fully started coaching around 2019. That's when I learned about reflective listening, collaborative problem solving, motivational interviewing, and when I truly started to seek to understand my clients and their challenges. And personally, I've had some experience with some really shitty coaches. I worked with a guy that was going, I hired him to help me as a business coach. And he sold me this incredible package, I'm going to help you do this and I'm going to do that and this is how I've helped other people grow their businesses by 300%. And I should have been a little bit more aware in our conversations, but I was so sucked in by the promises that he was giving me that I was like, yes, sign me up. And this coach was a terrible experience. He didn't listen to what I had to say. He didn't try to understand me or my business. He just kept giving me advice and telling me what I should do and giving me PDFs to look at. So if you are someone listening to this who has had a negative experience with a coach, I want you to know that... There are just like in any profession, there are individuals that are not the right fit for you and are potentially not using their terminology as far as what they do correctly. And there are also some great coaches out there, some coaches that are so incredibly impactful. And if you are a newer coach listening to this, I want you to know that there are a ton of nutrition coaching certifications out there that give you a lot of information, but don't necessarily teach you how to coach. You may have learned how to give advice, you may have learned to solve problems and calculate macros, but your clients will be much better off, you'll develop a stronger relationship with them, and you'll see better results if you can help them learn skills and principles that help them become problem solvers for themselves. Because you might be able to give amazing advice for macro-friendly meals, but are you actually teaching or coaching them to get to a point where they can deal with these things and develop their own processes on their own? And so over the last couple of months, I've been working with a small group of coaches on their client communication, client scenarios, client challenges. And one of the coaches told me on our call the other day, that since working more closely with me, she started asking her clients more and better questions and that it actually feels easier for her as a coach because she's no longer trying to solve everyone's problems and her clients are able to come to their own conclusions so much more often through this strategic question asking. And so if you'd like support like this to improve your own client experience or client process, you can DM me on Instagram. You can just text me coaching for coaches or mastermind. And if you are someone who is interested in working with a coach, you're kind of wondering like, is coaching for me? Let's dig in. And first I want to cover the topic, like how do you know if you need a coach or if you need therapy? And I have a very overly simplified way to think of this because this topic in itself could go very deep. So I want to keep it simple. And that is the way to think of the difference between coaching and therapy is coaching is present and future focused while therapy is past present and future focused. And this is overly simplified because it also depends greatly on your personal challenges and the gravity of your situation. But I do want to say that overall a coach is not qualified to dig into your childhood traumas or resolve something like an eating disorder that has a deeper root in psychological challenges. And so a general rule of thumb is if you're thinking like do I need coaching or do I need therapy, therapy is probably a great place for you to start if you're really confused about that. Coaches and therapists have a different scope of practice. So a therapist has extensive education and training to help you deal with psychological and emotional challenges. And their scope of practice includes issues like childhood trauma, mental health issues, eating disorders, and relationship issues. And a coach, it's really going to depend on the coach as, to far, as, as far as their educational background and skill set. There are coaches that have PhDs. And there are coaches that simply have a conglomeration of many different certifications and professional courses. And while education is important to keep in mind, a lot of the ability of a coach has to do with experience and how they put that education into practice. And so you might come across a coach that says, I'm a mindset coach. And they may truly be able to help you work on your mindset in many different aspects. However, they may also be someone that simply says I'm a mindset coach because that is a really hot buzzword in our industry right now. And that said, in many cases working with a coach and a therapist either at the same time or sort of staggered, if you have the financial capacity to take that on is a powerful combination. Some of my most successful clients are clients that have either been to therapy in the past or are currently in therapy while they're working with me. And as part of my coaching service, I also provide access to a licensed psychologist as an add-on to my programs. So if you ever have any questions about this, either as a coach or as someone who may want to work with a coach, again, DM me with, on Instagram and I'm happy to answer your questions. And so now that we've gotten that out of the way, Let's talk about working with a coach and what you want to look for when you are thinking about working with a coach in some type of capacity. So I'm going to be listing these, not necessarily in order of importance, because yes, you may find someone with incredible education, but they might have the communication skills of a hedgehog. So we want to be taking the things that I'm about to mention sort of into consideration as a whole, okay? I want to also say that there are some newer coaches that don't have a ton of experience in a specific coaching environment that are incredibly empathetic, skilled, amazing coaches. And there are other coaches who have been in the industry for years that suck at communication, are not empathetic, and just have sort of a cookie cutter approach that's made them lots of money. And so here are the things that we want to keep in mind when you are looking for a coach. So first is education and background. Does this coach have the education and experience necessary to support me towards my goals? And this is where it's super helpful to know what you're looking for out of coaching. So for example, if you are struggling with body image, a coach who only their only education or credentials is a nutrition coaching or health coaching program, they might not have the skills or tools to understand the breadth of what you need out of a coaching experience. And so you would want to look for a coach who has education around body image, education in some sort of like psychological capacity and training in that area. If you are a coach, I would encourage you to consider expanding your education via different different like courses or education uh, programs that intersect within the health and fitness space. So for example, some of the courses I've taken include motivational interviewing for healthcare providers a psychology-based body image intervention program, acceptance and commitment therapy professional training, and I'm currently working through a compassion-focused therapy course for therapists. And I am not a therapist, and I do not provide therapy. But in the support I offer clients around body image, mindset, and relationship with food, Learning skills that can help them develop their own mental skills and improve my own communication means that I now have a wider set of tools and understanding to help my clients. And this is really cool because we can often find parallels between what we learn maybe in a nutrition coaching program or around nutrition and then combine that with our understanding of different realms of the health and fitness space. Something else that you want to look, look for or I recommend looking for if you're looking for a coach is to check out their client testimonials, but not necessarily put a lot of importance on transformation photos. Testimonials are a great way to see what experience other people have had with this coach. And I also want to make a good point that like coaches are going to put their best testimonials forward, right? So they're not going to tell you about clients that have really struggled working with them. They're going to tell you sort of like the the glory stories. And a note on transformation photos. I personally don't use them because that is not the focus of my coaching. Yes, I do have clients with fat loss goals and I do have clients that have achieved body changes. However, the ethos of my coaching is to not promote... The, your body is the most interesting thing about your progress. And so in posting transformation photos, that would go against the ethos of what I believe is helpful for my clients. And this is actually a topic that has come up in my coaches mastermind group. And we've talked through it and worked with the macro coaches that I support on what's the way that they want to bring this up in their own marketing in a way that feels like it aligns with the type of support that they'd like to offer their clients. And I'm going to talk about some warning signs for coaches to avoid in a minute, so we'll talk about transformation photos a little bit more. We also want to look for communication skills, and the cool thing about the current environment and the world that we live in is that there are so many ways to see how a potential coach communicates, and so you can consume their content on social media, you can listen, like listening to this podcast, you are learning about how I communicate, you are learning about my philosophy around coaching. You are also, depending on which podcast you've listened to, you've learned how I communicate concepts and that can be a really great way to say, hey, does this coach communicate in a way that aligns with me? Does this coach communicate concepts in a way that is clear and in a way that I understand? Does this coach communicate in a way that makes me feel like I want to communicate with them? And is this coach compassionate, real, and approachable in their communication? And this kind of brings us to the last thing that I think is important to keep in mind is the the rapport that you can have with this client and the vibe, like general vibe philosophy of the coach. Um, And so you can ask yourself, like, do I actually like this person? Like, do I see them on social media and actually like who they are? Do I respect them? Do I respect their education? Do I respect the way that they communicate? Do you actually want to be close to this person in a coaching relationship So even in, for example, my group coaching programs, we still have a level of coaching relationship. I still communicate. You'll watch videos in which I use my own personal communication style. The worksheets that people work through, the exercises that they do are communicated in my communication style. So if you don't like my vibe, you're probably not going to get as much out of coaching simply because I don't communicate in a way that you really resonate with. And on the flip side, if you find a coach and you're like, wow, I love how this person communicates, that may be an incredible reason to say, hey, I really feel like I can learn a lot from this person because I understand how they communicate. And so for newer coaches as well, something that I used to do a lot when I first started was I would use like coaching and nutrition lingo that people that wanted to hire me didn't necessarily understand. And so, for example, now that I work a, a little bit more with relationship with food, behavior change, and we do incorporate a lot of mental skills and some psychology in there, if I use specific like psychological terms that I learn in the courses that I'm doing, someone that is listening to me speak about them might not know this. So I did a podcast on emotional regulation a couple of months ago, and explaining what emotional regulation was, was necessary. If I just talked about emotional regulation and how to do it without, some, without communicating how to understand emotional regulation that's not necessarily helpful. So let's go on to some red flags. And so unfortunately I have talked to and worked with many people over the years who have felt really turned off by coaching because they've had bad experiences with coaches. And so I've mentioned this before but I kind of see it like if you get a bad haircut You kind of blame it on the hairdresser. You don't blame it on like the haircut industry as a whole. And so I'd like for us to get to a place with coaching as well. Although I understand a coaching experience is a lot more of a personal experience than a haircut. Hair grows, but there are some coaches out there that have left really, really bad tastes in people's mouths. And so I want to apologize on behalf of the coaching industry. And I hope that if coaching could help you, that... You're able to take some of the things that I'm saying here and some of the things that maybe I've said in past podcasts into consideration. If coaching is going to be a good fit for you, it's about finding the right coach in the right program. So let's talk about some red flags so that this doesn't happen to you. The first red flag I want to talk about is lack of credentials or coaches claiming to fix a problem that they do not have the educational background or credentials for. And so a legitimate coach is proud to share their education, share their background. I personally have it posted on my website. It's in a pinned post on my Instagram. That is something that also if someone asked me, I'm happy to send over a list of it. A coach that claims to solve a problem but we cannot find the education or experience to qualify them to solve that problem, that is a big red flag. So I've seen a lot of coaches online that are claiming to like solve binge eating or solve uh, body image issues. And when we look through their credentials, they don't have the educational background to have the skills to be able to coach on that. And so the interesting thing is so many people get into the fitness or the wellness industry because of their own challenges around food or body. This is really important to understand because while the driving force behind me wanting to be a nutrition coach may be my own challenges with food or my body. Me overcoming those challenges myself does not directly qualify me to teach you or coach you on your own challenges. This is why credentials or education is really, really important. Another red flag is extreme promises. And this is really tough because I know that so many of us want a result and we want it as quickly as we can. And so if we see someone promising that quick result... We are often very motivated because we want that result as well, but it is a giant red flag if a coach guarantees a drastic result in a short period of time. It is also a red flag if a coach guarantees a specific result in a specific amount of time because every single individual is different. A coach can say, usually my clients see this within this period of time, but if it is a guaranteed 20 pounds weight loss in six weeks, no, that is a red flag. Not good. Sustainable changes are going to take time and effort. I'm going to repeat that. Sustainable changes are going to take time and effort. And we need to be thinking long term. Another red flag is a one size fits all approach. So this is a coach that basically is like, nope, this is the way I do it. This is the only way I do it. This works for everyone. Run from that coach. A coach that ignores medical conditions or a coach that claims to fix your hormones or fix a specific medical condition there are issues with our medical system. Okay, cool. But a coach is not a doctor. A coach is not someone that can fix your hormones. They may be able to help you with specific things, but working in conjunction with a medical professional is necessary. And the last two are a big red flag, someone that is constantly trying to get you to buy a certain supplement or a certain product. So if they're trying to get you to like, Herbalife is an amazing example. Um, Octavia is an amazing example. Like if they were trying to get you to buy a specific, very specific thing, that is a red flag. And using their body as a business card. This is a red flag because your coach's body has absolutely no bearing on whether or not they can help you. If you were going to look at a coach as a potential model, we want to be looking at their behaviors and their approach to life, not their body. There are some incredible coaches that can likely help you with your body image, with your fitness goals, that you might look at them and be like, they don't look like they work out. Looking like you work out is not an actual look. That is a perception that we have based on the diet industry, but everybody's genetics are different, everybody's lifestyle is a little bit different, I would say Instead of looking for someone that has the body that you want, look for someone that models behaviors that you feel like you would like to adopt in your life. Models behaviors, models a mindset, models a philosophy that aligns with you. And so before we head into actionable tips, I want to touch on finances and pricing for a moment because I know that money is an issue and we all hate talking about money, but we have to. And I understand that when finances are something that we have to take into consideration when hiring someone, sometimes we go for what makes the most sense for our wallets. I know this because I have been the person that chooses a coaching program or a coach because they are cheaper than another coach. But I also want you to remember when you are paying for a coaching service or a coaching program, you are not paying for that coach's time. You are paying for their experience, their education, their past, and their capacity to help you. And so a coach that has seven years of experience and a ton of certifications, a ton of, of coaching clients under their belt, it is it makes a lot of sense that they are going to be charging more for the same amount of time that a coach who maybe has one year of experience is charging. And so when we go for what makes – what what is the cheapest, we are often missing out on a lot of that breadth of experience and education. And I want to say coaches, it is okay to be totally upfront about your pricing. When you hide it, you keep it from potential clients, it's only going to be an uphill battle on the back end. Let people make their own decisions about pricing. Yes, there are some individuals that are listening right now that are like, I would love to have a coach, I just can't afford it right now. This is where my good friend Ren Jones would say, get as close to a coach as you can. For example, this podcast, I have hours and hours of support that could help you in a coaching capacity, even if you never work with me. But yes, coaching is an investment. I wish I wish it wasn't because I wish I could help a million people. But our time as a coach is valuable. Our experience as a coach, I have invested thousands and thousands of dollars into my coaching practice. You as a coach need to let people know so that they can decide whether they can afford the investment or not. You are not gonna trick someone into spending money that they don't have or are not comfortable spending. We are at the last part here, actionable tips if you are considering coaching, and there are also some tips for coaches in here. So if you are considering coaching, check out the coaches content and their potential freebie. So most coaches do have a free download of some sort or multiple free downloads that you can get an idea of how they might be able to help you with something that you're struggling with. And most coaches know that developing content is key to new client relationships. So, so many coaches have podcasts. Here's an example of a podcast. Post videos, they have email newsletters, etc. And you can get a pretty good idea of a coach's educational background, how they communicate, how they communicate concepts, and how a coach could be able to help you through their free content. Here's an example. If you've listened to this podcast, you likely know that I have a couple of group coaching programs, one on body image and one around mindful eating and a flexible mindset around food, and that I also do one-on-one coaching. And you've probably also learned that I support coaches. And you also, in listening to this podcast, will have gotten to know a little bit about my philosophy, who I am as a human, and you probably have an idea of whether or not you like me. And coaches, I want to let you know, like show your personality. Posting dry content of like how to do this or do this not that is not allowing clients to get to know who you are and realistically a client, there's so many options out there, so many options and so a client is going to want to work with you more if they actually like you and feel like they know you as a person. Another actionable tip is to check out client testimonials. So most coaches will have client testimonials either on social media or on their website Or you can DM them or email them directly and ask. And honestly, I've never had someone reach out to me directly and ask, oh no, that's a lie. I did have that once and I loved it. I loved that someone asked me like, hey, do you have client testimonials? You can find them on my website. You can find them on my social media. And I think it's amazing because this allows someone to read a client testimonial and resonate with their story. And coaches, if you don't have some sort of feedback form for clients when they finish working with you or some sort of check-in to see how you're doing as a coach, this is where you may be missing out on a lot of information to share with potential clients and information to help you get feedback on how you can improve your coaching. So a couple more here. Get clear. As someone looking for coaching, get clear on what you would like out of the process. This is part of anytime I schedule a a discovery call with someone, I asked them, what are you looking for in a coach? And I actually recently was talking to someone on Instagram and she mentioned, you know, I'd love to work on emotional eating. I'd love to work with some issues around uh, body acceptance and body image. And personally, I was like, yes, I think I can really help this person. But I asked her, what are you looking for out of a coaching relationship. And this for her was so helpful because she was then able to really understand this is what I want out of a coach. And then she was able to say, hey, the way that this person is communicating with me aligns with that or not. And so we've now started to develop a relationship and will likely work together in the future. As a potential client, you can actually write out like, this is what I would like from a coach. This is the type of support. These are the type of results I would look for. This is the type of communication I'm looking for. And it's a great way to see then if your needs mesh with what a coach is able to provide for you. And then last actionable tip is reach out to the coach. So most coaches will offer some sort of discovery call or intro call or they will have some sort of content out there so that you can actually understand what it is that they offer some coaches will offer a one-off paid session with the price of that session going towards a future coaching practice or package but in many cases even just dming that person on social media and asking them a few questions hopefully they will ask you a few questions about your goals about what you're looking for And that in itself can give you an understanding or a more clear understanding like, is this the person or the program that I want? And so I'm gonna finish this off here. If you are thinking about working with a coach, remember that no matter if you're working one on one or in a group, that coach's personal philosophy, their coaching style, their education style, their background will be infused throughout. And so one of the most important factors in a coaching or therapy relationship is rapport. If you like and feel comfortable with the person you're working with or within the program that you're in, it is more likely that you are going to find success and you're going to be more implicated in the process. And so I hope this was helpful. Coaches, I'm here for you if you would like support improving your client experience, dealing with client scenarios or challenges or roadblocks. If you'd like help improving communication. Everyone else, I am here to help. If you are thinking about coaching, if you have questions, if you're not sure, like therapy or coaching, I am here. If you'd like to learn more about my coaching programs, that link is in the show notes. You can find my website and my Instagram. And I will repeat this again. If I am not the coach for you or if what you need is actually therapy, I will tell you that. I have a great group of coaches that I love to refer out to when I am not the right coach for someone. And... I I have some therapists that I'm aware of and resources that I can point you in the direction of if therapy is the right choice for you. So with that, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, please share it. This can be really helpful for helping either a coach or someone looking for a coach find clarity and help them make decisions or move forward. If you are enjoying this podcast, you can do a couple of things. One, you can rate this episode uh, or this show on Spotify or Apple. You could leave me a review if you want to. You can also DM me and let me know. You can share this episode on social media and tag me. That always just makes my heart sing. So thank you for that. Thank you for being here and I will see you again next time.